I think it's important as women, we understand that there is a pay gap. And if we're going to try to actively combat that, we can either wait for others, the government, corporate America to start caring about it and to start making a difference, or we're going to take our power back and decide I'm not going to allow, you know, this job to pay me X amount of money. I'm going to supplement my income with these skills that I've picked up along the way. So it's really empowering to just take control of your income earning potential, especially as a woman. It's a revolutionary act as far as I'm concerned. Welcome back to our fourth and final episode of Skim This, The State of Women, our mini-series offering a look into the realities that millennial women in the U.S. face today. I'm exhausted. Exhausted? Overworked and overdone. It's too much. We despair the state of the world. I hate this job. It's not working. My life is a dumpster fire. It's really hard being a mother. Being a wife. Second-class citizens. I'm so tired. Throughout this series, we've been digging into the data we got from our joint survey with the Harris Poll, where we asked 4,500 women about how they're doing in all of the areas of their life. Last week, we told you about how women are advocating for their health in order to navigate a broken system. And today, for our final episode in the series, we're talking all about women and their careers and how, despite being weighed down by societal norms and economic realities, Women are taking action to shore up their careers and feel fulfilled by their professional life. I'm your host, Alex Carr. Let's get into it. When it comes to their professional life, women told us they're concerned that they're facing obstacles at literally every turn. Whether it's all the work they do before and after their 9 to 5, the current economic climate, or inequity in the workplace. As a reminder, employed women still earn 83% of men's salaries. And while that number's been going up over the years, according to a 2021 report from the World Economic Forum, it'll take over 135 years to close the gap worldwide. So uh, don't hold your breath, I guess. Women are also still underrepresented in leadership positions. Only around 5% of CEOs are women, and women comprise only about 28% of corporate boards. Even the current U.S. Congress is only 28% women. And by the way, that's a record. Those obstacles and inequities all existed before the pandemic, which created a whole new set of obstacles. Women working in the service, education, and childcare industries were the hardest hit by pandemic job losses and as of August 2022, had not regained all of those jobs. And overall, millions of women dropped out of the workforce or took a step back from their careers to focus on childcare. Now, without any real system of support, women's progress in the workplace will continue to be under threat. I know we just listed a bunch of headwinds. But we also learned from our survey that women are proactively building agility and self-advocacy into their careers. 71% of respondents said they're focused on networking. 70% said they're shifting their career path for higher earning potential. And 62% said they're advocating for a promotion or a raise at work. And most notably, 75% of women said they're about to start, or in the process of, taking on a second job or side hustle. And that's what we're going to focus on this week. What it actually means and what it actually takes to have a side hustle. Because if you've been on TikTok lately, 
side hustle anyone can start in 2023. You're gonna wanna save this video because I'm about to show you how to make $100 an hour from home. Side hustles I wish I knew about sooner, part one. It seems like everyone's been getting in on this. So it's getting hard to tell what's a scheme versus a side hustle. At the same time, women are more burnt out than ever. So how can we set boundaries and protect ourselves while also making more money? To help walk us through it, we're joined by Janice Torres, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast Yo Quiero Dinero. We'll hear from her after the break. Janice, I'm so excited to talk to you today because we heard from so many people in our audience that they're rethinking their income stream, whether it's their primary, whether it's their secondary, whether they want a secondary and only have a primary. Before we get into how to actually do it, and I know you've had a successful side hustle, I want to start by just understanding what a side hustle is, because I've seen a lot of different definitions out there, and I think people define it differently. So how do you define it? I'm of the opinion that a side hustle is something that you do in addition to a regular job. I don't consider like a part-time job on top of a full-time job, a side hustle. I feel like the side hustle part comes from finding something that you actually enjoy doing and then finding a way to monetize that. That for me is what differentiates it from just having like multiple jobs. And what would lead someone to take on a side hustle as opposed to a secondary or part-time job? Well, I know for me, I kind of felt like I wasn't able to explore all the parts of my personality with my corporate job. So I am a former engineer and I had a very specific role and I'm also a super creative person. And I just felt like my job wasn't allowing me to kind of capitalize on that in certain ways. So when I started thinking about side hustles, I started exploring content creation and specifically using my Latina background. I wanted to do something related to that. I wanted to kind of have this place where I could be my most authentic self. And I started exploring food blogging, learning how people were creating content online, monetizing their blogs, getting influencer marketing opportunities and things like that. And I went down this whole rabbit hole for a couple of years where I was just learning. It wasn't something that started with the intention to monetize, but it became a business once people started to see me show up consistently, continue to improve what I was putting out there and making a lot of really cool connections. And so I tell people, when you're going to start a side hustle, it's not so much about the money. It's about, can you do this for free up front? Because you're going to have to do this, right? You want to enjoy what you're doing. And what I found time and time again, is if you show up consistently, you do excellent work, people will pay you. And it's really about just like not letting the imposter syndrome and the fear of starting and just this whole world of entrepreneurship is such a mystery for a lot of people. So it's going to feel scary. And I think something I've definitely seen anecdotally since the start of the pandemic is it just feels like people in my life, people in general, have been taking on more side hustles because we've been kind of forced to reckon with, I want to say, that part of our personality. And I wonder, like, is it just me or is this actually a trend that's become a lot more popular? I absolutely believe so. The pandemic was a wake up call for a lot of people. And me as a millennial, I graduated in 2008. So I got to experience the Great Recession. And there was a lot of reflection similar to what's happening with the pandemic and folks questioning corporate America and the status quo and what kind of lifestyle design am I incorporating my career into? And so I think the same thing is happening for a lot of folks. They're realizing maybe these jobs that I thought I had are not as secure. And if it's going to feel like that, maybe I'm just going to take things into my own hands, use the skills that I've picked up along the way, both professionally and personally, and turn those into an income stream. 
So we've talked about some of the motivations that would lead someone to take on a side hustle, but I also want to give a shout out to the people like me who maybe are like, I don't know what else I would monetize. How do you recommend someone take inventory of what is a potential side hustle for them? Yeah, I mean, I get questions all the time like, yeah, I'd love to start a side hustle, but I have no idea what to even do, right? I'm kind of like I have no skills (laughs) other than my job. I love when people say that you have no skills because I'm like, clearly you're getting paid to do something at work. So making a list of the professional skills that you have are a great place to start. It's literally just you putting pen to paper so that you see what are all the things that you actually know how to do. And it's also important to look at your personal skill set, too. If you're a great cook or if you're an amazing baker, if somebody's always asking you for fashion advice or somebody says you have a great voice, there's so many different things that we can monetize, but you have to first see it on paper. So I recommend making a list of your personal and professional skills and taking a look at that and then starting to rank them in order of what would I like to do every day or what's the one thing I hate doing and I don't want to do that. And that for me is a great place to start. So something I've talked to experts before about who will remain unnamed for this conversation is like they've made it seem like a side hustle is kind of easy. Like, oh, yeah, just go set up this Etsy store or, you know, sign up for this referral program. And you even see it on TikTok, right? There's a really easy side hustle that even an 11-year-old could do. Check this out. You're going to go to productreviewjobs.com. You're going to sign up. It's free and then apply. This is how Amazon is paying people five to $10,000. First, you're going to go to etsy.com and type in digital planner into the search bar. People are like, oh, I made so much money in the Lululemon referral program or whatever. Maybe that's just my TikTok. But taking on a side hustle seems to be a commitment, whether or not it's a huge one or maybe a smaller one is kind of TBD, depending on the person. But how do you recommend someone kind of assess that commitment level within themselves before they take this on? Because we're also in this burnout culture. And I think we all saw kind of the downfall of the girl bossing and and all of that. So how do you think about that? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's definitely one of the biggest roadblocks for folks in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship because you're doing things by yourself, right? You are the accountant, the CEO, the finance person, the marketer, et cetera. And so I think it's important to take an honest look at your entire day, doing time tracking studies where you're literally just like writing down everything that you're doing in a day or a week and analyzing that information to know what's the realistic amount of time that I can dedicate to the side hustle. Is it going to be one? day a week? Is it going to be one hour a day? Is it going to be two days a month? Right? Because then that's going to allow you to have realistic expectations of what you can accomplish in that time. So let's now say I've made this list of my quote unquote skills that I think I can do and make money doing. I think then people are maybe confused about where they should actually go to find work. Like I know there's some websites out there and there's definitely Googling you can do. And I've still seen people like leaving flyers. I don't think that that's probably recommended anymore. I don't know if they're actually getting business with these flyers, but how do you actually find someone to pay you for your side hustle? So there's a couple different options. The first, and I think the easiest for most folks is to go to an existing marketplace where people are purchasing skills. So something like Fiverr or Upwork are great examples of marketplaces. You already know people are on there to shop for services. So it's a matter of you creating your profile, setting up your offer and marketing yourself that way. And you have a built-in audience that way, right? So you don't have to start from zero. Talking to your existing network of people, right? All those email addresses that you've collected over the years, all those LinkedIn connections, 
let people know what you're doing. Send an email blast, invite folks to come and find out what you're doing once you've like launched your website or whatever it is. You'd be surprised because a lot of initial business for entrepreneurs can come from referrals and it's just people that you know. And then I think the third option, which is the one that I've chosen, which is probably the most difficult, is to build your own platform, to build your own community using tools like social media, email marketing. The digital landscape is so powerful because you can literally reach everyone across the world. I think the internet is a very strategic way to launch your side hustle without a huge overhead cost, and it allows you access to unlimited customer potential. I mentioned earlier this kind of burnout epidemic that we're experiencing. Like women are just really like the candle is burning at every single end and then also in the middle. And adding a side hustle doesn't necessarily seem like it's the best idea for everybody and where they're at. So can you walk me through, maybe call it the downsides, maybe call it the caveats of having a side hustle and what you'd want someone to be like super aware of before they dove in? Yeah, I think first off, it's important to be realistic because a lot of social media content that you see out there about entrepreneurship is like, yeah, I made a million dollars in six months, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay, you're an anomaly. That's not actually how this goes. And I always tell folks, I wasn't profitable as business for the first three years. And that's absolutely normal. Most businesses are not profitable for the first two to three years. So going into it, knowing that you can have realistic expectations about the progress that you're making, right? Secondly, I would say that it's important to realize that it's going to require some time commitment and you have to also advise your friends, your family, the people who have expected a certain version of you and a certain amount of availability from you, that that's going to change. And it's not anything about them and their relationship with you. It's just that you're prioritizing different things. I find that the relationship aspect of starting a business is a lot more difficult than the technical, strategic stuff, because a lot of people just are not going to get it. And you have to be okay with not everybody kind of endorsing what you're doing up front. And I mean, you have such a successful side hustle story, but how have you dealt with that personally? Yeah, well, it's a slippery slope, right? When you start making decisions based on everybody else. So it's just important for you to explain to folks why things are changing, you know, what you're going to need from them. If, if it's your partner, you need to have honest conversations about like, hey, I need an hour a day to work on my business. So I'm going to need you to take care of the kids, or I'm going to need you to make sure that dinner's ready, or we got to outsource some tasks at home so that things can get done and we still have time for each other. So communication is key. Being able to enforce your boundaries is really important. Making sure that you're dedicating time to your business the same way that you would dedicate time to going to the gym or whatever it is. You kind of have to rely on self-discipline, right? And in cases where maybe your discipline needs some work, hiring a professional, somebody like a coach to hold you accountable is also really important to consider. If someone's feeling burned out in those areas of their life, how do you create distinction or set boundaries so the burnout doesn't creep into everything else? And then like, do you recommend that people take breaks from their side hustle to restore some of their sanity or restore some of those boundaries? Taking breaks, resting is a must. And I like to tell folks, think about the long-term vision for your business and start planning for it now. So if you want to make the transition to full-time entrepreneurship, making something like an, an FU fund where you're literally saving money to give yourself a runway to quit your job and continue working on your business, I think that's, that's great. And you can even use that money for a sabbatical. Let's say you are burnt out. 
but you want to continue having the time and energy to build your business. A lot of corporations have sabbatical programs that you could take advantage of. So it's just really, you know, you kind of got to find a way to make space, whether that is saving money to take a extended time off, outsourcing stuff at home and kind of getting creative. And it's, it's not wrong to take breaks at all. I took an entire year off of my side hustle in 2017 because I was just navigating a lot of personal stuff. And I went back to it in 2018 and picked up where I left off. And, and here we are today. So there's nothing wrong with taking breaks. Yeah, I loved that you mentioned companies offering sabbaticals because I think a question that I had as I was preparing for this was like, oh, does someone have to tell their company about their side hustle? So what advice do you give around that? And is there nuance here? The first thing is you want to make sure that you have an accurate understanding of your contract with your job. So when you sign that paperwork, if there's something in there that's like non-compete and the side hustle that you have is related to what your employer does, that could be a slippery slope. And so for someone like me who is in the personal finance space, I didn't have to worry about that because I wasn't working in that industry. So it's important to know if there are conflicts that exist, your job should tell you about those things during the employment process. The other big question we got about this is all about taxes. And what does having a side hustle do when it comes to tax season? Help. Well, there's a good and a bad part of, you know, having extra income. And so when it comes to the things that are positive about, you know, taxes and the effects that entrepreneurship has, the first thing is you start being able to deduct a lot of things that normal, you know, W-2 employees don't get to deduct. And so for me, I was able to deduct things like my internet service, my housekeeping, a portion of my rent because my home office qualifies as a deduction, the square footage. So there's a lot of different benefits that come from having a side hustle. And I think a lot of folks don't realize that you can take advantage of a lot of tax deductions as a side hustler. You don't need to be a full-time entrepreneur. So that's important. Now, because you're not paying taxes usually on the income that you're receiving as a business, you have to be diligent about making quarterly estimated payments. And depending on the business structure that you have, whether you're a corporation or an LLC, there will be different timings for when those payments are due. But I always recommend When you're going to go down this road to entrepreneurship, tax laws in the U.S. are insane. They change every year. It's impossible to know them all. Work with a qualified professional, an accountant, an enrolled agent, a bookkeeper, somebody who's going to help you navigate your finances. Because the last thing that you want is to be like me, where I wasn't doing any of that. And for the first five, six years of entrepreneurship, I was getting huge tax bills, penalties, because I wasn't even aware that I had to do quarterly estimated tax payments. And it was just painful in a way that it doesn't need to be. Before we wrap, is there anything else that you think our audience should keep in mind if they're pursuing the side hustle route? You know, I think it's important as women, we understand that there is a pay gap. And if we're going to try to actively combat that, we can either wait for others, the government, corporate America to start caring about it and to start making a difference, or we're going to take our power back and decide I'm not going to allow, you know, this job to pay me X amount of money. I'm going to supplement my income with these skills that I've picked up along the way. So it's really empowering to just take control of your income earning potential, especially as a woman. It's a revolutionary act as far as I'm concerned. And beyond that, when I think about side hustles that turn into full-time businesses, these are businesses that then you can use to employ other people, marginalized people, women of color. Me now as an employer... I get to actively combat the wage gap in a real way because I can set how much I'm going to be paying my employees. 
I can decide what kind of impact my business is going to have on the greater world. And for me, I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. We can really be change makers from the ground up. Janice, thank you so much. Thank you. That's a great note to end on. We wanted to say thanks for listening to our series, Skim This, The State of Women, where we've talked about how women are reclaiming their power when it comes to their health, wealth, and careers. And we'll be back in your feed again soon with a new mini-series to help you live your smartest and happiest life. So stay tuned. This episode was skimmed by me, Alex Carr, along with Andrew Calloway and Ellie McAfee-Hahn. <laughs>